Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, Valtteri, you want to have a seat on the Audi table, do you? Well, I don't think right now that's realistic. There's been a bit of confusion regarding Bottas's contract with Alfa Romeo and now Sauber. Yes, I am still calling them Sauber because they are technically still the Sauber group until Audi buy them out entirely. Some folks were saying that he had a contract for 2025, but according to the Finn himself, his contract is actually up at the end of 2024. Is Valtteri the right person to lead Audi into their new era of competition? Or has he already had his chance and he's kind of blown it? Well, it's a little bit vague, but... At least he's happy. We might get to see more of it in 2024 because Sauber have supposedly got a brand new car design ready for 2024. Now that the acquisition of James Key has been able to be fully implemented since he has now started work in September. But it does make you wonder, what was the point of the last two years? Does this mean that 2024 will be the only chance for Valtteri Bottas to fully stake his claim? All of his insight, all of his information and contributions from Mercedes and their title glory, it's all been boiled down into one season after two years of mediocrity, though not entirely his own fault. Well, that's making it hard for him, isn't it? Will he end up being remembered as just a placeholder before Audi come in in 2026? Them up to now, keeping themselves very much at arm's length from the entire thing. Them claiming that they don't want to dilute their brand and impact before they come in in 2026. I doubt that, Audi. I bet you are just keeping yourself at arm's length, just in case the entire team looks like a joke. They're right at the back, and that means you can say, well, that had nothing to do with us. We had nothing to do with their lack of performance even though they own a 25% stake in the team and therefore they did provide investment and their investment was all for naught. Bit of a shaky situation where you are, Audi, because they don't even have a sponsorship logo on the car. But hey, 
It's just a theory. I do get the feeling that Valtteri Bottas, it's not entirely his fault because he is quite frustrated and understandably so that all of the hopes and promises of the off-season where it actually does translate into some good results in the first couple of races in both 2022 and 2023, they seem to fizzle out and then amount to nothing by the end of the year. As he says, it all faded away and it ended up being a tough ride and they ended up being ninth in the constructors, only besting Haas or dealing with plenty of their own struggles. But it seems quite obvious from Bottas's comments, it's just down to the fact that Sauber have been really lacking innovation and finding a brand new car design, and that's understandably so, since they got James Key in and he's only now been able to start work in the last few months for the C44 car. Their current concept from 2022, which was also an evolution of their previous model from the previous regulations, was at the end of its life and new principles need to be thought up. Could we possibly see some evolutions and ideas that James Key might have had in mind for the 2023 McLaren that were never seen because he then got promptly expelled from the Woking team. You remember how McLaren said they had to make a complete concept change around Christmas of 2022, and that's why the start of 2023 was so bad? Also, I reckon that Bottas hasn't really fully delivered all the promises and the aspirations that he might have come with when he joined the team from Mercedes. But again, that might not entirely be his fault. Perhaps just Sauber don't have the capacity to fully realise all of the Mercedes stuff. Because at that time at Mercedes, they had an unlimited budget, whereas the Hindle team very much has a limited budget. You might think that gaining the driver who had partnered with Lewis Hamilton during Mercedes' strongest era would have been a bit of a coup. And you might have thought that Bottas, now being able to be the leader without question, would have felt a brand new lease of life. Bottas did say that for the first time in what he felt like forever and in his entire career, he was fully in charge and involved with the development of that car for 2023. He felt that his role had evolved and that he felt truly confident to be a sound contributor on and off track and keep them in P6 or even challenge Alpine and McLaren for fifth. But sadly, that didn't happen. They didn't keep P6 like they did in 2022. They weren't even close. In fact, they were P9. And this fall off in performance, as the race points out, kind of emulates one of the records that Bottas tends to have that he might not want people to really talk about. The fact that his race starts aren't exactly the best. It's really kind of iffy if you have bad starts when you're at the front, but at least with Mercedes, if he had a bad start, Valtteri, he could at least score some decent points and get something on the board. But when you're at a team in the midfield and you get a position which is completely out of character, say a P8, for example, and then you have a bad start and you fall out of the points and then you have to get yourself back in there again with a very limited car, that is not ideal, especially when you've got Audi looking over there and going like, ooh, is this the kind of person that we really want to be representing our mark where he can't get a good start? The race says that in 2022, the two Alpha drivers were the worst in terms of starts, with Bottas being the worst. And kind of living up to the reputation where, according to the race, Bottas has really never had a net gain in terms of positions at race starts, except for 2014, where his net gain was one. But let's be fair here. It's not entirely down to the drivers for why they have really bad race starts, because the team have to provide some good tools in order to aid them and therefore compensate the fact that they're not exactly great at them. Because remember, Renault had some of the best race start tools out there. Alonso was able to capitalise on it all the time. So it's sort of a team effort here in that they really need to improve their race starts especially when points are scarce. But what I'm trying to get at here is that over the last two seasons, Valtteri Bottas hasn't really made a good case in extending his contract when Audi start to look more and more and more toward Formula One, and who they might want to pick being their first driver lineup when they become the wholesale owners of the Sauber Group and the Sauber team and their representation. 
Audi, who are already pretty jittery with their tenure in Formula One, according to the many rumours surrounding their potential exit, are probably not overly enthused with the driver who has a track record for bad starts and scuppering points positions and under-delivering on the promise of Mercedes Insight. And I feel really sorry for him, considering how happy he is and content at being the team leader. But the team haven't provided him the tools in which to fully maximise his potential and his contribution from Mercedes. But at the same time, his race results haven't exactly been great. How many times have we seen throughout the entire season that Bottas has an okay grid position and then suddenly he disappears and you go like, wait, did, did Valtteri retire? Oh, oh no, he's still going. So you just feel like he's not really kicking on or he doesn't have the tools which work for him, which according to the 2024 design, he thinks they look interesting. And interesting could be interpreted as being good or bad or different. You just think that, please, 2024, please have a good car that works to Valtteri's style, finally. Maybe it's just because he just doesn't gel well with the concept that Sauber had had for the last few years. It's so confusing. And it's just so odd that Audi have just been so distant and they've really not helped all that much except for their 25% stake in investment. You really think that considering that they have really pinned a lot of hopes on what they hope to get in 2026, that they would have been really strong in contributing and aiding them and providing some insight from their own point of view. But their distance has been really telling and their silence has been really telling as well. But hey, I could be completely wrong in a few months time and the brand new car might work to Bottas entirely and he might be scoring points all the time. And then I can hold my hands up and say, hey, he's done a good job. It's still a lot to be said here. There's still a lot of grey area, considering that there are 15 drivers up for either renewal, replacement or retirement from Formula One altogether. Bossos might be one of them, he might not be. But like I said in previous videos, you do get the feeling that the team is settling for these drivers and that in an ideal world for them, they would have had either Porcher or Hulkenberg in with Bottas. Since Audi would probably look very favourably and admirably at having a German driver in their ranks for their opening act in Formula 1. And I think Sauber would look favourably at having Nico Hulkenberg back there. Since 2013, he saved them from total and utter embarrassment. As for Teo, he is their guy. The Sauber guy. Because when you get to 2026, Audi will have their own priorities and their wants for who's going to be the driver and the reserve driver the Sauber Academy will probably cease to exist or it will be in other categories. It's my personal belief that if Teo does not get the green light for 2025 in being a proper race driver for Sauber, then that's it. I don't really see a place for him on the grid because every other junior driver and existing driver will be fighting for a place on the grid. Teo will probably just be pushed out because there'll be brand new champions coming in. And that will just further compound my belief that it's not worth being part of a driver academy anymore because that just really limits your options and make you less likely for getting onto the grid. You'd be better off of being part of an independent outfit or being part of an organization and academy of a particular driver. So in Fateo's case, money and consistency meant that he lost the game. That and Gunther Steiner probably exercising the option to keep Nico for 2024, that probably didn't help either. And I reckon that Bottas is aware that the last two seasons haven't helped his case for staying with the Hindville-based team, as he has made it clear that he is prepared to look elsewhere for employment in the midst of quite possibly the silliest season that ever sillied since 15 drivers are up for elimination from F1 potentially. But realistically, I think only maybe two or three drivers might leave Formula 1 altogether. Or maybe none at all. It might be boring like it was in 2023. He also says that Audi are going to make their decision early on in 2024 and that he will get talking to them probably before the season begins or in the first few races to plead his case for an extension. I mean, in his defence, it would be quite useful for Sauber to maintain some continuity going into their Audi era for the sake of making sure that they get a good baseline and he does still have that Mercedes insight. 
But then again, there are loads of other drivers who are looking for potentially a breath of fresh air in their own careers. Audi will not exactly be lacking for options in terms of other drivers. And what's going against Valtteri is that he has been there now for two years. He has been there at ground level as Audi have been slowly increasing their operations and involvement with the Sauber group. Both parties know exactly what the other is up to. And that might be something against him that there's really nothing left in terms of surprises or anything that he's been keeping up his sleeve because he would have showed everything possible. And therefore, other drivers who have that little bit of mystery, and of course, they've got the star power, that might be a little bit more tempting. What this really means is that Valtteri has definitely got to kick on for 2024. He has to make use of that brand new car and that brand new concept to try and make his mark and show that the last couple of years have been worth it, ultimately. That this has just been a slow burner, that things had to fall into place, investments had to be made, and changes had to be made in terms of operations, and that Andreas Seidel's involvement would yield something now they can properly follow a brand new concept. It would have taken some time. But again, those last two seasons, they started off so well, and then they faded away. It's just really not a good case in keeping you, Valtteri. And again, looking to F2. 2024's F2 season looks to be one of the most exciting in many years, especially with the brand new cars. In the wake of Logan Sargent saying, the gap between the old F2 cars and F1 was far too big, and something that I echoed in my own video about the situation. Logan was right, but now these brand new rookies will have much more relevant machinery, and I would reckon that the F2 champion next year will definitely get a seat on the grid. So that might be really bad for Teo Porcher and Felipe Drogovic. Oh dear. And going back to those options, there are just so many that have been mooted. There's Carlos Sainz, there's Esteban Ocon. There are countless drivers who may be looking to Audi and going, that looks really good. A big German mark representing their own team and Audi's history in motorsport being that fantastic? Sign me up. Because heck, even Lando Norris has been connected to them. So many drivers could be with them. Or maybe, considering that James Key, who's been on the inside and is now starting to work for their car properly, has been saying that, you might have to wait for Audi's final product for 2027, perhaps. So this isn't exactly the best sign of confidence, mate. This might make some of the bigger drivers going like, I'm going to have to wait three seasons before I have a car that's potentially good. I think I'll pass and go somewhere else. But that might be a good opportunity for, I think, for Sergio Perez to stake his claim for that seat alongside, I think, Nico Hülkenberg. If I'm making my predictions for 2025, it will be a complete change. And I reckon it will be Perez and Hulkenberg because those two drivers will not be afraid of going for a team that is transitioning into something better. And they could be on the ground floor for something good. And also, much like with Valtteri in 2022, Perez will be coming into that team with brand new insights of partnering Max Verstappen and being part of a team who are now Constructors' Champions and more likely might get that again. They have been at the top of Formula 1 in this current iteration of cars, which may be more relevant than what Bottas had to offer when he was at the top in the previous regulations. This might go against Valtteri, I think, and that's why I think Checo could end up there realistically, alongside Nico. Because of those somewhat pessimistic and also pragmatic comments from the car's designer himself, because things might take time, and there might be some younger drivers who may not be willing to give their time but those older drivers, they might be able to do that and hopefully get at least one season with some good luck and good results. And Hülkenberg will finally get that podium. I understand why Valtteri wants to stay there. He's happy there. He's able to be himself. He's wacky, eccentric and uh, very um, confident in his own body self. Now, that's good for him. I'm happy for him that he can be himself after years of being the wingman and having to keep a certain image and being sort of in Lewis's shadow. That's all well and good. 
But unfortunately, the relationship between himself and Alfa Romeo Sauber has not exactly yielded some good results, and it's really not worked in his favour in making a case for him to stay with them for even longer than his original contract. Some things could change in 2024. He might be fantastic. His initial performances and good results at the beginning of the season might sustain themselves going forward. That team might get back up to being in the midfield once more. Although you could say that for practically any of the backmarker midfield teams, because they're all looking to kick on for 2024. It's so hard to predict right now who's going to be good. We will have a better idea about whether Bottas will stay by the middle of this season. But right now, it's not a really good case. And there are so many other options. But again, that pessimism from James Key might work in his favour. That, hey, if I just can stick around, you might get some continuity and consistency. That might work in your favour. That might be a good case there. But so far, it's just not worked for Valtteri. But at least he's happy. But at the same time, Audi, who are really sensitive to performance and results, may not need a characterful driver like Bottas. They may just need a driver who gets results, has good starts. Nico Hülkenberg has good qualifying pedigree. That might be something that Audi needs. A driver who can qualify well, start well, and get those points, which are absolutely crucial these days in terms of prize money. Again, it's not Bottas's fault entirely. But he's done his best. But it's a systemic change that Audi really needs to make. There has to be change. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye. <laughs>